Welcome to SestraCast, the Orphan Black Podcast. I'm Jean McDonald, and I'm re-watching this series for the third time. My co-host, Kathy Campbell, is watching for the first time, so we make sure not to spoil any storylines beyond the episode we are currently discussing. Kathy, how are you doing this week? I think I'm finally almost recovered from XOXO Festival, oh. where I got to see you in person, which was lovely. We did. We got to see each other in person. We got to share Sestra buttons. Yes. That was fun. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, and- I didn't make t-shirts, as was my <laughs> grand plan initially, but you know, Nobody would have even noticed besides you and me. <laughs> That's okay, because uh, I actually had a wonderful interaction with a fantastic person whose girlfriend is a major listener of Ooh. our show. And she came up to me because she had an orphan black shirt on and saw the Sestra button. And so that started the conversation. So I mm-hmm. think the button worked better than a t-shirt would have. Yeah. So thank you. Oh, cool. I'm so excited. But. We could always have more swag, and we always. Will. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Swag is the best part about getting to hang out with people in person. Yeah, let's just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yes, XOXO conference in Portland. Um, it just ended this previous weekend. Um, which, if you're not listening to this right now, which you are not because we are recording it, but <laughs> if you're not listening to this in the next couple of days. That was the second weekend in September, um, and it's a super cool conference, super creative, so many interesting uh, – I mean, if if the Sestras were going to go to a conference, they would go to XOXO, wouldn't Without you Without a doubt, right? yes, yes. And I, I could see them all there. For each of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, that was fun, and, and a big shout-out to all of our buddies – um, that we don't get to see in real life very often, that we got to see IRL this past weekend. It yes. was cool. It was very cool. Um, all right. Well, we should get to this episode. There are many little things and some very big things to, to talk about. Yeah. Um, this is Orphan Black Season 4, Episode 5. And the title is a very apt, Human Raw Material. <sighs> and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. This is the first time I sent Kathy a content warning because <laughs> I was just like, I can't just let her watch this without saying, by the way, there's something super disturbing in this episode, even more so than your average episode that especially you, I think it will hit home. So I did. I sent her a content warning, which was not a spoiler, but um, anyway, I hope no, you were good. okay with that. <laughs> and And as we will discuss later on um it was it was it was good it was very good but i'm glad we're recording this now as opposed to like four months ago no nope 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 i i (laughs) I think i would have just texted you and said listen i'm going to get another non-pregnant person to discuss this (laughs) because i don't i just don't want to subject you to all of this uh i mean it there's a lot going on in in this episode and you know they the main thing is they go to the Brightborn Institute, which is you know on the surface an IVF clinic or something where they make beautiful designer babies, but of course it has its its very very horrible underside, and we will talk about that. 
and all the ethics. But can we talk about color first? I know <laughs> this is yes. jumping into the middle, but there was, I mean, the, the, this episode was quite um, entrancing to watch from a visual point of view. Um, different things were going on with like clothes and with like lighting and whatever. And I know that's really more your, your gig than mine. And I wondered just starting off when they went to the Brightborn Institute, or they walked in to sign in and the whole counter and everything was red. And I was like, why is that red? Like, because I remembered blue from previous Brightborn like promotional Branding. material. Yeah. Right? And so I did go back and look <laughs> at the DVD that they showed at the end of episode four with Evie Cho touting, you know, how we're making the world better one baby at a time. And it was mostly blue, but in it, Evie Cho is wearing a white lab coat with Brightborn um, logo stitching on it. And that stitching is in red. And I'm like, oh my God, like they did have red and blue and not just like blue, blue, like, uh, what do you call more aqua? Yeah. Right. And yeah, none of this is, mis you know, done by accident. So I was like, why are they have two colors for the Brightborn branding? That's one thing Two, looking at all their clothes was really interesting because, yes. um, Susan Duncan and Ira are in it. And even Evie Cho, like when she's in that video, they wear very like gray, silvery colors. And the whole thing is like filtered to look really gray and silvery and kind of, I don't know, science fiction-y, uh, what do you call it? What's the word? <laughs> like the space. Space. It looked very space-like. Science fictions. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Futuristic, maybe. That's right. That's right. And um, anyway, I I just noticed that and I couldn't stop noticing it um, down to, you know, like the things that they were wearing. And of course, clothes come, you know, that's a, that's a plot point throughout. <laughs> yes. Well, and I felt this episode in particular felt brighter almost mm -hmm. um, with the exception of like when they're in um, the rabbit hole, mm -hmm. um, when it's really dark and very serious and like dramatic with Felix and all of that. But mm -hmm. like in Brightborn, it felt very bright and vibrant. And even though like Cosima has darker clothing on, seems like it's a, it, it was more of a high fashion look, which mm -hmm. made it feel lighter, mm -hmm. which is which I felt was interesting. And it wasn't until you said something that I I realized that that like what made it feel different. Mm -hmm. And it was the, the that brightness that not lightheartedness mm -hmm. because it's obviously very serious and whatnot, but very bright and shiny almost shiny. without being yeah. space. A cold brightness. Um, yes. Definitely the characters, you know, whose side we're on were wearing warmer colors, mm -hmm. but they were still washed out in that, that brightness. Um, yeah. Something yeah. to keep in mind while you are watching this episode, because anyway, for me, it just struck me more than the previous episodes. It was very highly designed. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it felt. I wonder. It would be very interesting to see if, like, um, the production designer, set designer, or whatever was different in this episode. Mm. Yeah, that would be interesting and so easy to figure out had we looked it up in advance of this podcast. But that's <laughs> not how not. we roll. <laughs> <laughs> so feel free to tweet us on Twitter at SesterCast and let us know uh, what you've Googled. So we're going to have you do our Googling for us yes. or IMDBing. Yes. Let us know. <laughs> SesterCast, uh, Google, and IMDB team, go. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, so – we had a little discussion um, before starting recording about how best to attack this episode, and we decided it is still one to go scene by scene. Um, it's very intertwined. Um, most of it happens at Brightborn, and most of the characters are involved in some way with that Brightborn aspect of the plot. So let's go with Brightborn um, and go with the beginning. Yes, which starts out, speaking of light, light, <laughs> uh, lighthearted, Crystal is kicking butt, uh, kicking the trainer's butt. And in, like, she is just going all out. <laughs> and the tra poor trainer, like, you can tell he was not expecting it because here's Crystal, who's very blonde, very perfectly nailed. Like, she's got this two-piece workout outfit going on. She's right. very put together and then is just able to completely kick his butt. Yeah. And is talking about, um, you know, all of these things, how her boyfriend is murdered and connections with Dyad. And just, it was very lighthearted, but also showing. So, spoiler, when Crystal shows up later, you can see that she's prepping. Mm -hmm. You can see that she's trying to get physically ready to go so that this doesn't happen again yeah. so that she doesn't get attacked yeah that she doesn't get kidnapped you know she's yeah. never going to forget that um traumatic incident with the the two caster twins who are both dead now crystal doesn't yeah. know that but crystal <laughs> fyi <laughs> they died horribly <laughs> so, so you win you know that, that works out a little bit <laughs> Yes, uh, she will never know that because um, she's the naive clone and she's going to spin her own tale about the, yeah. how the whole thing works, which is hilarious and also really quite, uh, you know, astute <laughs> at the same yeah. time. Yeah, she's not as stupid as it's yeah. she's set up to be. Yeah, she says, I know I'm not smart, but I'm not stupid. Um, in a previous episode. So that's Crystal at the credits. And you know, if they put Crystal in the beginning, it's going to be some fun, interesting romp, you know, bringing back a clone we haven't seen that much of. But yeah. then, um, you know, it's the credits. And then they uh, show Kira and Sarah at, at the safe house. And they're painting a mural on Kira's wall, which is uh, so adorable and I thought it's well Kathy so will like this part <laughs> yes uh, and and it's put into play that they're going to have a fun day together mm -hmm. uh, Sarah gets a text notification and Kira sighs because mm -hmm. she knows what a text means and Sarah ignores it and chooses to like come back and be like hey come on monkey we're doing this together like this yeah. is our day they're going to have fun and there's having 
had to have those days before mm-hmm. with my own daughter. Like there's something really special. And yet when stuff happens, you have to take care of it. And of course yeah. this is orphan black. So stuff is going to happen. Yeah. Because that's how that works. But for the <laughs> most part, right. Like she still has these great intentions and yeah. they're able to have, you know, just kind of grow and, and be together. Yeah. And the text is from Helena who says, don't worry about me, Sestra. And that's how we know Sarah doesn't know that Helena has taken off, that she's buried her science babies and has taken off from the Hendrix home. Um, Yeah. And then a little bit later, but all in the same safe house, Mrs. S asks Sarah if she's read Allison's research on Brightborn and you know, they open up the computer to look at Allison's org chart, which it's such a quick flash of an org chart. But right away, I'm like, oh, this org chart has like a background. <laughs> and it has like all these like, fancy uh, borders around the boxes. And it's like, it's Allison's org chart <laughs> that she yes, created. <laughs> you know that she put it together because yeah. she wouldn't like that is exactly what she would do. Yeah. And it's very Allison, but it's also very informative. Yes. Uh, and they see gene connection, mm-hmm. which is where uh, Felix found Adele. Yes. Or as Sarah refers to her, his bio sister. Yeah. I mean, could you be more dismissive? <laughs> right. Well, and, yeah. you know, Sarah's still going through not necessarily a grieving process, but she's still having a hard time imagining a world where Felix and is not dependent, but like where this yeah. is her, like she's close. his only family. Right. Like he, they, has, he has somebody he's close to. Yeah. In that sisterly way. Yes. And so immediately this is just like, this has got to be, you know, Dyad has got to be in on this and trying to get linked in because all of, all of the terrible things could happen yes. and will happen because that's right. what they're imagining. I mean, it's not a far uh, stretch for Sarah to think, um, the same company that matched up my brother with this total stranger is also related to Dyad, but it's perfectly above board and innocent. I right. don't think so. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, then we switch to Kasima and Allison. They're on a video call talking about Brightborn. And Kasima is saying, I, I just can't find anything about them in the scientific literature. So whatever they're doing, they're not sharing it. And she said, but it turns out today is an orientation day. <laughs> right. Perfectly timed, yeah. as always, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Like, that's great. Yeah, it's uh, a TV show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We're not going to wait too long. No. Um, but it, it works out. Um, so originally, like, Al- Allison was going to go, or originally Sarah was going to go with Donnie because Sarah can do the, you know, as 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 they put it, as Allison so rightly puts it, doing the Sarah thing, she can skulk around, look miserable, and con people. Yeah, I would like to have that, um, you know, that set of skills. Honestly, <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, so Sarah's or Allison is just like 
freaking out. She's going to have to reschedule her entire day. Yes. <laughs> and you could just tell she's frustrated. She's mm-hmm. got all of these papers to sign and whatnot. And Cosima, uh, it's like, no, I know the science. I know what I'm looking for. So I'll go. <laughs> and so Donnie comes in. Look at all snazzy. Look at him, very snazzy. So proud of himself. You know, he gets that that look on his face where he's like, yeah, I know I'm doing this right. Yeah. And Allison just blows him off. He's just like, plans have changed because Seema is now carrying your child. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, he's like, but, you know, he sort of puts his like index finger to his, his chin and says, but. Will she be co-parenting with me and Julian, a.k.a. Felix and Allison? She's so, like, stressed out, you know. She's just like, she doesn't care. She's like, the baby is fake. It doesn't matter. And Donnie's like, "Uh, it matters to keep the story straight, which, honestly, we agree with him. (laughs) I completely agree. And especially, like, he's working so hard on his character, making sure – it's right and like he's got this job and by golly he's gonna do it right yes uh, yeah well it's the only job he has so (laughs) right Right. he's gotta do something gotta keep it right oh anyway yeah so uh so she shoes him out the door like go pick up kasima go to brightborn do your thing and we switch back now we're at felix's apartment sarah and kira turn up apparently unannounced as Felix says ever heard of calling before (laughs) yeah and Kira is so excited to see Uncle Felix and I'm just so glad that he is wearing clothes as she arrives (laughs) that was my immediate thought because pretty much the in the the other times we've seen him he's He's been naked with a uh an apron so literally butt naked buck naked is the phrase but I think butt naked Uh, yes (laughs) And, uh, <laughs> and Felix is uh, not doing drugs openly <laughs> when they show up either. Right. Uh, but Adele, not so much. <laughs> I mean, uh, so she, so yeah, so Sarah wants to tell him about gene connection. And Felix is like, oh my God. And you think Felix is like, oh my God. Uh, it's a conspiracy, but no, he's like, oh my God, you're still on this thing. You got to let it drop. And at that moment, Adele walks in. Um, She's on the phone arguing with a client over a retainer and, and Felix is like waving to her to like brush off her nose, which is not very good, you know, in front of the child. Yes. So anyway, Sarah's like, you're still here. (laughs) Adele's like never left (laughs) having a great time here (laughs) I love the city it's adorable and she starts talking to Kira and I totally feel like my insides shrivel up because I remember that feeling you know as a child of an adult trying to like suck me in and I don't want to be and I'm gonna not be nice to them and Kira is like that at the beginning you know she's uh, she's like uh, my name is Kira or whatever. And Sarah says, oh, Adele's Felix's real sister. <laughs> and Kira, Kira's like, uh, I thought you didn't have a father. And Felix is like, well, I didn't. Then I did. Well, long story. Anyone for mimosas? <laughs> right. Like, let's uh, just get drinking. Like, that, <laughs> that will solve issues. <laughs> yeah, that'll really help Kira. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, then we're... 
outside Brightbourne with Kasima and Donnie in the car. And I, I noted to myself, this is the funniest scene of the episode. But then later on, I go like, no, this is the funniest scene of the episode. So now I say, this is the second funniest scene of the episode. <laughs> Kasima is making Donnie change out of the suit and into a hoodie and jeans and sneakers he, she's like, look, if you can afford Brightborn, you're beyond suits, which is true. Yes. <laughs> and uh, she's like saying, I'm from the Bay Area. I know how these venture capitalists work. And and then Tony's like, Douglas, his, you know, his alter ego, he's, he's chill. He's gay, but he's not very gay. So he's... <laughs> He's taking into account what he learned from Felix the last time, which is like, don't play that gay thing so much. You can't tell who's gay and who's not. Unfortunately, he tries to like mansplay, mansplay, right. mansplaying being gay to Kasima and says like, <laughs> don't play up the lesbian angle too much. And she's just like, okay, I'll let that one slide, yeah. which is good because at the episode you know, needed to move forward. <laughs> and we could have gone on for a whole scene of her giving him a lesson and don't, don't mansplain the lesbians. <laughs> right. About being gay. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and uh, as they finished mansplaining um, and Donnie gets out and he's just like trying to change his character, like wrap mm -hmm. it around the whole thing. He goes, I look like a geriat geriatric skateboarder. <laughs> that <laughs> was, was like, yeah, very funny. <laughs> I could see that. And that was very funny. But it's time to sign paperwork. Um, and they have their fake IDs uh -huh. and uh, hand them over. And there's a moment where Kasima hands over hers for Ava. And they couldn't pronounce the last name. It was very amusing. Um, and uh, she asked for a copy of the paperwork because, of course, that's what you Kasima. do when you need information. And it's Kasima. And they're like, you're so lucky. Evie Cho is going to be here in person. Mm -hmm. To which, of course, they start, like, freaking out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, because does she know what the clones look like? Because they know that she's connected, but they aren't sure how connected she is. Yeah. Um, I was reading some of the articles written about this episode at the time, and somebody said, like, Kasima, you know, with no preparation and just an ID is way better undercover than Donnie. <laughs> yes. Which is, you know, let's be honest, not just super not surprising. surprising. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. And so meantime, like there's Scott and Sarah on the phone and Scott is asking Sarah, why does she want a DNA test? And she says, oh, she blows him off a little bit. And then she, he asks her, wait, I got it all confused now. So <laughs> Sarah and Scott are on the phone. Sarah asks Scott for a DNA test can you tell me if these are siblings? And he says, okay, but what for? And she says, I don't want to tell you. And then she says, where's Kasima? And he says, she's out for a walk. Well, out for like an all day hike. Well, I'm not telling you unless you tell me. Right. <laughs> and so they, they come clean with each other. And Sarah says, I want the DNA on Felix and Adele. And Scott says, oh yeah, Kasima went to Brightborn. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, 
So, I mean, we finally get inside of Brightborn, um, which uh, the most of the episode is set there. And I feel like it's like another, um, you know, symbolic representation of the rabbit hole because they start out, you know, it's like this beautiful um, corporate entity and beautiful signing in registration. And then um, Scott, not Scott, then Donnie and Kasima and their alter egos go on the tour and they're in a room with other people on the tour and there's a little chit chat between them, you know, about babies and how perfect they are. I want another one as perfect as this one who didn't have jaundice, who didn't have colic, which I took personally because <laughs> I personally had colic, according to my parents. <laughs> which they would know. Uh, uh, they, <laughs> they, <laughs> they knew. And I have had discussions with my parents about this. <laughs> How I how I made your life crazy when I didn't even know because I was still a little baby. Right. Anyway, but yeah, so you could get a colic-free baby, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> that latches on immediately, which is, a, you know, a whole nother um, uh, topic of breastfeeding and, and all the trials and tribulations with that, which are huge. And yet here this is here's a woman who's like i want to come back for another one of these babies right i'd be the same right if if the first one had worked out it's kind of like the first time you take first class you can never go back to coach yeah it's hard <laughs> it's very hard <laughs> so while they're sitting in there i, I mean felix not felix Duani, i have these characters completely mixed up and in they're my not mind even now. and they're not even clones i know Felix should be there, but he's not. It's just Donnie and Cosima, and they know that Evie Cho is coming, and Cosima knows Evie Cho know, is connected to Neolution and will know, you know, the clones, so she needs to kind of hide herself as best she can. And Evie Cho comes in and, and tells her life story, which was pretty interesting, I yeah. have to admit. Like, it was fairly sympathetic until you get to the part and now I'm going to make all the babies perfect in in the world. But yeah, so she had a SCID, which is, I already forgot specific something, something. I think it's severe. Disorder. uh, Complex. uh, Oh gosh. Somewhere I I thought about it and wrote it. I did not write it down. SCID. Severe. Combined immunodeficiency. Yes. Severe combined immunodeficiency, which she was basically a bubble girl who got pneumonia eight times, but her parents um, lobbied research and mortgaged their home to get experimental treatment, which apparently worked. And she was able to complete a degree in bioengineering. And now she's the evil head of Brightborn. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty, pretty big, you know, in the villain category. She's one of the big villains of uh, of Orphan Black. Yeah. <sighs> it it it's it's hard because they're preying on this need for 
parents and mothers specifically to have the perfect child. Mm-hmm. Um, there's society has such a strong opinion on parenting and how children are raised and whatever choices are made are always wrong depending on <laughs> who you're talking to. Um, and so by being able to get the gen- genetic side of things correct, like mm-hmm. that makes it, that's important mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Yeah. These issues affect everybody. I mean, people, parents, kids, and there's, um, we're sympathetic to the whole notion that it, it, it it's horrible to have a, a child that has special needs because I'm sure parents feel responsible. The kids, you know, they have to live with those special needs. And um, I, I was teensy bit sympathetic with Evie Cho when she said, I'm an engineer. When I see a problem, I want to fix it. Right. If you could fix it, if it was, you know, um, complication free, I'd be all in favor of that. But as we know, that's not true. Right. And it's not, it's, it's kind of a thing along the lines of like, at what, at what point do you consider too far? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just the whole thing is just kind of like, hmm. and it, and it plays along the lines of like, what will you do for the greater good versus yeah. like your own choices? And just, there's so many, it's so deep and uh, very, just very interesting. The whole thing, the whole yeah. conversation that's brought up. Yeah. Which is what we love about orphan black because it's, it's a fun romp and it's also thought provoking and emotion provoking. Yes. And, yeah. <laughs> I have a hard time, you know, not thinking about it whenever I read about any news in genetic science, for example. Right. <laughs> and say like, yeah. oh, they already thought about that in Orphan Black or whatever. And it ended up not very well. And, right. <laughs> it didn't turn out well. So meantime, back in Felix's apartment. Now, they don't show how, but Adele – wins Kira over, apparently, because she's teaching her ballet positions. Meanwhile, as Kira and Adele are distracted, and Felix as well, Sarah's going around collecting hairbrushes and glasses with spit on them. And then suddenly she's like, we got to go. We got to see right. Scotty. <laughs> yeah, it, it perfectly timed. She knows how to work the room and get all the stuff that she needs. And uh, so, yeah, they're going to, oh, we're having a fun day. Let's go have fun together. <laughs> it's a fun place, doing the fun things. Yeah. Yeah. And the fun, the fun genetic testing, which Uncle Scotty is going to do for us. But okay. Uh, yeah, that was that was kind of interesting as well. Now. Uh, back at Brightborn, out of the blue, except not totally out of the blue because we did watch we the opening knew it was scene. Coming. Yeah, Crystal walks in and she's all like head shaking, you know, duck lips pursing. Um, oh my god, I'm late for my own pregnancy. <laughs> right, that was so funny. Oh my goodness, I loved it. Yeah. She comes in. She's, you know, bright and bubbly and very crystal. Yeah. And 
so she's standing there and she's signing the paperwork and it hops back to uh, Evie is talking about like whole, but the whole um, thing is that it's not just the five star service. It's all the science behind it and technology mm-hmm. and Dr. Boss comes in as well. And it's like, and so Evie goes, Oh, that's my sign to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, the doctor is talking about, you know, they're going to split up the different groups. So if you have a blue band, you're going to stay here and talk. And if you have a red band, you're going on a tour, et cetera. And Kasima is going to go on the tour and use it as a, t- a way to like sneak around in the back uh, and hopefully mm-hmm. find the lab. And as Evie leaves, she sees Christine, who's really crystal, is just, oh, all of these papers, <laughs> signing my life away. Talk, 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 talk. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I recognize yeah. that clone. Yeah. She's very close to a Sarah, cl- you know, at that point. I mean, not the look or the chit chat, but if you had met Sarah, you, you'd recognize Crystal. Um, yeah. Whereas... Cosima with her glasses and her dreads and her trying to look like she blends in. Yes. <laughs> Evie didn't yes. notice her, which is a good point, you know, as the plot goes on, because the next thing is Evie going into her office, I assume. Right. <laughs> and Susan is there in beautiful, like, creamy white coat. And, you know, she's all lightness. And um, Evie walks in and she says, oh, you know, Susan, and she also sees Ira is there, the caster clone. And he, she's like, I didn't know Ira was coming too. And Ira is really good. Um, I mean, the actor, uh, I think he, he, he carves out an Ira that is believable separate from Rudy and mustache clone and Mark and, you know, the other ones from the undisclosed caster base in Mexico. He's, he's smart and he's fussy. And I don't think any of the other clones were fussy the way. Yeah. And he has this, this creamy, this creamy, (laughs) this creepy look that's totally different than Mm -hmm. the Rudy creepy. Mm-hmm. He has that whole—I don't even know how to explain it—but the very serious, very with it, has his stuff together type of a thing. Yeah. But still being able to be like in control mm-hmm. and very much raised by Susan. Like yeah. He is Susan's clone. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And uh, you know, Ira says the incident at your dental clinic is all of our concern. And then Susan says, I think your runaway clone is here. Uh, no, no. Evie says that. I think your runaway clone is here because she's met Crystal. I mean, it gets very much like uh, uh, Mark's brother's slapstick yes. <laughs> at this point. Who's because first? who is What's the clone the that's the runaway clone? And Evie's met Crystal, um, but uh, the you know, runaway clone is Sarah Manning and uh, Susan wants to say like, well, you know, if Sarah Manning's here, I want to see her before you round her up. Yes. (laughs) 
So she sends one of her minions, uh, Evie sends one of her minions to go get this clone. Yes. They don't know. They don't know there's two. We know there's two. Right. Plus, yeah. Right. They don't even have Sarah Manning. She's not even there. Right. Uh, Meanwhile, back at Brightborn orientation, there's another mother just like, you know, glowing, raving about her perfect baby that she has with her, you know, who's who's an infant. And Donnie is like kind of drooling, overlooking uh, at yeah, this perfect he is baby. <laughs> over the moon. You can see he's just getting so emotional and wishing for a baby of his own. Like and so of course when the mom hands over the baby or like asks if Donnie wants to hold it. Of course, he's like, yeah, and just is cooing. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this face comes in and it's Crystal <laughs> just cooing over like, how oh, cute. Oh, he is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> to which Donnie is just like a little, oh, crap. Right. Now what? Like, right. How do we deal with this? And it's a beautiful, like, timed moment because he doesn't know Crystal. He doesn't even know about Crystal. Yeah. But so it takes him a beat and then it's like uh yeah, I recognize a clone of my wife. So <laughs> and then it says I need to take it. <laughs> I feel like he says I need to dot dot dot. What am I going to do? Oh, we got to bleep all this out, but whatever. Um, uh, sorry. And it's okay. We both said it now. <laughs> I, I don't think he said, I need to take a shit. I think he said, I need to. And then he's like, I don't, what do I do now? But it came out as that word. Oh, and, that, could, that could definitely and, be it. That but people like that because I think they meant it that way. Like, he didn't mean to say, I need to go to the bathroom. He meant to, uh, I need to. I don't know what I need to do, but right. Oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? So, uh, yeah. So then they they go to the tour, and this is where I consider this is the top level of the rabbit hole. They're touring around Brightborn, and the person is saying like, "Yes, we have jacuzzi, we have massage, both Swedish and shiatsu. We have yoga, we have birthing suites featuring." And I just wrote in my note amenities because I, I, I mean, they should say like extra rooms for friends and family, which I was like, that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> having so- attended three births myself, like not having to sleep on the couch in the hallway would have been right? awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like uh, just all sorts of like great things that, yeah. you know, will, will influence the decision. So not right. only do you have, you know, this great service throughout and you have this almost the guarantee of a healthy, happy baby. But then you also have these amazing birthing options. And yeah, it's it, it's enough to sell it to anyone who wants to pay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Kasima, who is following the tour, you know, then she sneaks out, you know, to go find the lab. Um um, we know she will find it because she's Kasima. And right. labs are like uh, magnets. She, she, yes, she will find it. Uh, then, like, surprisingly, not totally out of nowhere, but they go to the precinct, the police precinct, and there's Duco, the evil neolutionist detective. And he's showing Art uh, the campaign flyer from Allison's campaign. And he's 
being all like, oh, hey, have you noticed this? Um, and boy, she really looks like Beth. And Art is Mr. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it. And they're like, well, they have him on this pouchy thing, um, you know, that triple murder or whatever. Uh, and get this, they were selling drugs out of a soap store, like a place called Bubbles. Uh, you know, Art, you should tread lightly. <laughs> right. Focus on your family, focus on your kids and let Beth go. Uh, so he's basically threatening Art, like, you should totally get out of this being friend to the clone club game. Right. And uh, we then jump over to Kara and Sarah. Uh, Kara's talking about a dream. And Sarah wants to hear more about the dream that Kasima, I'm guessing, told Sarah about. Um, well, there was the dream where... Kira was having a lucid dream, they thought, and that was the one where she said, like, because, you know, Kasima had to set mommy on fire. Um, right. But they had to do it because to protect the rest of us. So there was like some weird stuff going on in Kira's brain. Uh, and Sarah really wants to witness. Yes. And I'm guessing, yeah, I'm guessing Kasima told Sarah about it. And yeah. so Sarah definitely wants to know what's going on, so if you can get more details and whatnot. And all Kira wants to do is hang out and <laughs> see, like, just wants to play with mommy. Yeah, like, with figures, it. like Kasima and Sarah, you know, beat up the bad guys or whatever the game was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was sweet. Um, it was very sweet. And and Scott's working on the DNA. He says, like, yeah, I can probably figure this out. It won't be 100%, but I can probably tell if they're siblings. Right. Yep. And uh, it, it, uh, Art calls to tell them about Allison and the Hendrixes and what Duco told them. And it's just like, why didn't you say anything? But Sarah's like, I didn't know anything. And this <laughs> whole situation is going on. Just like, what is going on? Yeah. What's happening? How we, can we, like whatever and sarah's just like um i'm gonna call auntie allison because yeah. that's not good <laughs> yeah and scott with kira uh -huh. and yeah. I, I gosh this whole thing is just like layer upon layer you know we're in the middle of the season you know yeah. we're getting ready to, we're building this up and and stuff's going on and allison's yeah. just like well we had to do this we had yeah. to deal these drugs if you remember when i first met you you were trying to offload a bunch of like cocaine and right and then yeah. they drop they drop the um bomb that helena's gone and just all of these things come into this conversation and they're both angry at each other and just call each other the B word. <laughs> they call them the B word. Yeah. Right. After they hang up, like, which they did like back, I guess it was season one when, when Cosima was right. getting uh, involved with Delphine and Sarah was trying to tell her, don't do that. I'm going to tell you how to run your love life. And Cosima's like, Oh Yeah. B word and you know as they're hanging up and Sarah's B word and and seeing Tatiana Maslany call herself a bitch oops, 
on either <laughs> end. It's like, it's funny. It's very uh, funny. I think I didn't really realize it. I hadn't thought about it too much. But yeah, the fact that Allison and Donnie had been drug dealers in a major way was totally their thing. Um, and the other Sestras did not know about it. Uh, no. So I hadn't really, hadn't really processed that. Uh, another thing that I thought was funny is when Allison tells Sarah about Helena has, you know, taken off, she says she took off with some camping gear. And I was like, really? <laughs> the Hendrixes have camping gear like that you could wear just on your back? Because <laughs> I don't see it. <laughs> I don't yeah. see them like roughing it out in the. No, but I know. think the backpack that she took was. Like- <laughs> Uh, and maybe like a big water bottle, right? And and something like that is probably, yeah. or like a sleeping bag. Maybe I think there was a roll it, on it top. Been. I don't know, but yeah, I don't see them camping unless they uh, got the stuff to have like backyard camping, right? With the oh kids. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Is like maybe it's the kids' equipment, <laughs> right? <laughs> You know, their sleepover stuff, but whatever. Anyway, it was it was funny because uh I wasn't really picturing the Hendrixes with like the full suite of let's go rough it out in the wilderness equipment because I don't see them roughing it. Not at all. Mm. All right. So we're back at Brightborn. And yeah. Susan comes into this like lounging area where Kasima is reading the non-disclosure agreement and she introduces herself as Susan um, and is chit-chatting with Cosima about, uh, and Cosima introduces herself as Ava <laughs> and says, yes. I'm not a lawyer and I'm a biologist. She wants to say, but then she's like, well, I studied biology when I was in college, but I have some questions yes. and uh, they get into the nitty gritty of what the non-disclosure agreement and says and, Basically, um, you know, what Susan says causes Cosima to say, I mean, you're talking about germline editing, which is editing the DNA traits that can be passed on to progeny, which is a bigger deal than um, editing DNA that affects one organism only. And right. Susan is like, well, that would be illegal. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so you're definitely doing it then. because <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and uh, uh, also talks about um, dimples and how all, oh, of yeah. the, all of the babies that she's seen pictures of have dimples. Uh, and Susan laughs it off, you know, oh, well, maybe they're just all the photogenic ones. Like, yeah. And that's why they have pictures. But uh, that was very interesting to me yeah. that that was a statement that was discovered. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, Cosima pulls a Sarah knocking <laughs> Susan's bag over and stealing Susan's badge um, without her noticing, which is hard to believe, but it happened. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Uh, so now we're back at the family of Mrs. S drama yes. at the safe house and Felix and Adele are there. Um, Felix has brought Adele over for dinner to the safe house, to the like, safe house, to Very the place that nobody should, should know be. about. Right. Yeah. 
I didn't even know Felix actually knew about it, to be honest. Yeah. It's his first time there as far as we know. But apparently, yes, he does know it and uh, brought Adele. And so they're very... That's not not a good situation. (laughs) Sarah's mad. Mrs. S is not happy. She calls, she says, family meeting (laughs) back in the background. Kira rolls her eyes, looks at Adele, who she's bonded with already. And she's like, ah, they always do this. (laughs) So that was cute. A lot of cute cute. Kira in this episode, for sure. Well, it's Kira. Of course, it's going to be cute. That's true. Uh. <laughs> then back at Brightborn, <laughs> I love the scene. It's so short, but it's Donnie running into Kasima. He's trying to find her because he's seen Crystal. He says, I have to go. Uh, you know, I have to. Oh, crap. And he's looking for Kasima. He finds her. He's like, There's another clone here. You know, she has big blonde hair and perfect nails and a voice like a can opener. (laughs) I loved that description. It was so funny. It was so good. He's like, why is she here? And uh, Kasima's like, why is she here? She doesn't even know she's a clone and she'll ruin everything. So get rid of her. And meanwhile, Kasima's darting off, you know, to do more spying. And Donnie's like, how? How do I get rid of her? But he gets no answer. So he's going to have to rely on his own instincts, which gets very interesting. Um, It starts out pretty good, though. (laughs) Yeah. But before we skip to that, if we're going strictly chronological, they're back at the safe house in the family meeting. And Felix is wrong when he says, like, you two are paranoid. Felix is surprisingly unconcerned about this sister like appearing in his life. I I don't think that I think that's like a slightly false note in the whole thing. I mean, I get that he, he wants to have his own family and he feels bonded with her and in his heart, you know, he says like I know she's my sister, but after everything he's seen up until this point, right. how could he be so lackadaisical about whether she's trustworthy? And I think I think part of it has to do with the fact that he is so angry at how Sarah has been treating him, yeah, and just not supporting him. That it it just has blinded him from mm-hmm. everything. That's that's my guess. That's what yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, oh, I think you're right. And so, you know, Sarah's like, "Well, I guess we'll find out." <laughs> Right. And he's like, what's that supposed to mean? I mean, it's such sibling stuff. Well, I sampled you both. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you poached our DNA? Well, you know, so yeah. the sibling thing is, is alive and kicking in that scene. But then back to Brightborn with Crystal looking around. Um, she's scooping product up and putting it in her big purse. Which is so, I can, I, yes. So see Crystal doing that, and yeah. uh, he's Donnie's like, okay, what am I going to do? And then gets this idea and takes off his sweater and takes off his wristband and mm-hmm. gets ready to pose as massage therapist. But I yeah. think he doesn't know what he's posing as, but at this point, all he has on is a t-shirt and jeans and sneakers, so he could be anybody. Which, yes. you know, ultimately he, and, is the real reason he had to change out of the Armani suit that he right. so liked. 
<laughs> but yeah, he comes in and he's ready to be whoever is needed. And, and she's like, I need a massage. And so he's like, okay, perfect. I will be a massage therapist and goes over and pretends to clickety clack right. on the computer. <laughs> oh, just happened to have an appointment available. And that's with me. So let's go over here. And it was just that was so funny so funny and so donny i yeah. mean it was it's it like, was perfect okay. you know you know undress and lay face down and i'll be right in like at least he knows what to say right uh, <laughs> uh yeah. and then there's uh there's back with the evil triumvirate of susan evie and ira and Susan is uh, has met Kasima at this point, and she's like, "Evie, you idiot! <laughs> That's Kasima, <laughs> you know." And Ira's like, "Yeah, you idiot! That's the self-aware clone and biologist." Uh, I'm paraphrasing. And Evie says, "Remember how it turned out the last time a self-aware clone came poking around?" Uh, Ira is like, "Yeah, I have to agree with Evie." And so Susan's like, all right, let's knock her off. Well, she says, let's bring her in. But the implication is they're going to get rid of her. They're going to get rid of her. So, okay, switch back to the massage room. (laughs) (sighs) Donnie could, I would say Donnie could not be more awkward, but he's been so awkward throughout. I don't know if by degrees I can say this is the most awkward, but he's basically looking at this naked clone that he has to touch <laughs> and right. pretend he's the massage therapist. Uh, so he's like kind of trying not to look, but also trying to look like he's not looking. So, yes. And also it's got to be awkward because it's all very similar to his wife. Right. And yeah, it's, 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 it's sad, but uh <laughs> They he manages to do a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed with his skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's talking about how, you know, they're both in the medical profession and just like ends up spewing out like this whole story yeah. of Dyad and Brightborn. And so obviously she's not the smartest because none yeah. of the other clones I mean, even Helena wouldn't spew out her thoughts to a random massage therapist. (laughs) Yeah. But this is Crystal, and she needs to talk. And if she asks you, can I trust you? And the person says, well, yeah, healer to healer. (laughs) Then that's enough for her to – I mean, she she told the whole story to her her, uh, self-defense coach, after all. (laughs) Yes. And to uh, the French blonde doctor, mm-hmm. uh, who was Dr. Comer, Delphine. Mm-hmm. And uh, like that is the symbol, like the, the breakaway moment where Donnie loses it because yeah. she's like, oh, I know her. That's Delphine. That, like that's mm-hmm. Dr. Cormier. And she's, Crystal's like, wait a second. How do you know yeah, this? And she just sits like, up. Manages to stay covered, but still. <laughs> How do you know? And yeah, just kind of like, it just, it all, the facade all breaks down. Yeah. Uh, End which, of massage session. <laughs> yes. It had to happen. Yeah. Um, and it happened beautifully done. Yeah. Uh, and and we go, so the the staff person that Evie Cho sent 
comes around the corner and sees Cosima go into a room. And like two seconds later, Crystal comes out. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautifully timed moment. Yeah. Um, and uh, so immediately the staff person grabs Crystal. Yeah. Crystal tries to pull her fitness moves, her I mean, her self-defense moves on, on the security person. But when somebody's actually trying to hold on to you and they have more training than you, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's stressful. And I felt really bad for Crystal because she's yeah. been working so hard and she gets taken down by this, like, not very big staff person. Yeah. And, well, eh. Crystal's not that big. So no, that's true. Well, uh, Tatiana is yeah. not very big, so that makes sense. But it then passes back, and Kasima is coming out of a room that's full of scrubs, which is mm-hmm. perfectly timed. Uh, and so she is yeah. now like can can blend in yeah. better. Yeah. Um. And so Crystal gets locked up by that security person in some kind of boardroom, and. She is just talking to this closed circuit TV. She's like, I know you're watching me. You know, okay, I took some product. She's shaking it out of her purse, but I'm interested. I'm a professional. And Susan could be like more like dripping in her, you know, disdain for Evie and her method. She's like, that's Crystal Goderich. She's a naive subject. She has some delusions about her circumstances, but she's harmless. <laughs> and Ira, equally disdainful, I'll talk to security and get the real Lita clone, which is stupid because they're all Lita clones, but whatever. Um, <laughs> they just need to like, they, they need to, to make sure Evie knows that she's like down the pecking order from them is very yes. palpable. I find it very interesting that Susan knew and was able to identify the clones yeah. as easily as she was. There's a there's a few things about this, like bringing Susan out of location undisclosed and person considered dead to person walking around in this relatively public facility under her own name. And also she yeah. knows all this stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot more going on with Susan than, you know, we can tell. At this point, because how would she know about Crystal, for example? Yeah. Um, if she'd been dead, for example. Uh, <laughs> but that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, and and Kasima is exploring. Um, she yes. gets uh, passed by a woman in labor screaming. Screaming. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. And yeah. they're zooming down the hall. Doesn't seem very relaxing, but that's nope. fine. At that point, I'm like, oh, five-star facility. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. let's see what happens next. Um, yes. And uh, let's take a break and hop back to the rabbit hole. Yeah. And uh, Ad- Adele is, is breaking down. You could tell that she could feel the tension in the room. She's feeling like a, a disaster and whatnot. And and Sarah's not being very nice and is just like asking how mm-hmm. gene connection works, if it's expensive, and just like all of these prying questions. Yeah. And she says, like, well, it's cheap, you know, everybody's doing it. Um, and uh, you just spit in a cup, you send it off in the mail. And 
Sarah says rather pointedly, well, not everyone is comfortable turning over their genetic material to a corporation. And Felix is like, back off. You know, Felix is mad. Um, Then back at Brightborn, you know, it's still like, so this is very rabbit holey, like not the rabbit hole, but the, uh, you know, the notion of things are just getting worse and worse as Kasima keeps going further and further. There's a nurse who's talking to a woman, pregnant woman, and she says, that better not be contraband food, I see. You know, get back to your room. And that's definitely the moment where I go like, this is not what I was expecting from the Brightborn brochure. <laughs> like, well, is it like, are they treating women, you know, in this five-star capacity or are they treating them like they're in prison? And it turns out both, right? Right. And I believe that these are different than the people that are yes. upstairs. Yes, I think they're quite different, you know, and that is made clear um, in a few more scenes where, you know, Kasima comes into a, a control room that's overlooking a ward and it's got several pregnant women like sitting around in what again do not look like five-star facilities um there's definitely not room for your family and friends to come and stay (laughs) there's barely enough room for the women and uh the she sees this nurse you know asking one of the women for a urine sample who says like oh can i get danelle's or slot um now and the nurse is like no you can't you know you you'll be disqualified if you leave too early and um you know you won't get paid and the woman says well i was supposed to be out by now and it's my son's birthday coming up and that is just heart-wrenching because now we know for sure this is not like the wife or even They're not here by choice the surrogate of some multi-millionaire venture capitalist right <laughs> um but then they switch back to rabbit hole, um, or I think it's a safe house, actually, not the rabbit hole, which are they look the same oh, pretty much, yes. but whatever. Um, and Sarah's like, well, how did you pick Gene Connection? And Adele's like, well, there's a commercial, Gene Connection, your family finders, which Kira sings along with her, which I thought was so cute and ironic that yes. it's on a commercial that even a kid would know. Um Felix is like, you know, knock it off. And Sarah's like, no, I will not knock it off. And then he flips mashed potatoes on her and it's getting real like childhood siblings. Yes, they're not uh, having it. And who else isn't having it is Mom. Mrs. S. <laughs> Mom is fed up. Yeah. Um, but that just then the phone rings. It's Scott and – um. Sarah's listening. We don't know what Scott's saying, but then she says, like, yeah, yeah, your siblings, you know, you passed the DNA test. And Sarah's, you know, kind of subdued and Felix is feeling all righteous. And then Kira saves the scene. And she says, like, may we be excused, like me and mom, because she knows, like, it's, it's kind of a blow to her mother to know that Felix has a, quote, real sister. Yeah. Uh, And Mrs. S. welcomes Adele by refilling her wine glass. Yeah. So 
<sighs> okay, but back at Brightborn, things yeah. are really getting f- effed up. Um, Cosima is standing out in the hallway. She's photographing documents. It's amazing how they have no security, like cameras or anything, but whatever. Uh, Cosima seems to be getting pretty much the run of the place until a nurse comes by and says, we've got a carrier fully dilated, you know, come, you have to come and insist. And yeah, Kasima can't say no. She's in scrubs. <laughs> right. She's like, uh, sure. Okay. Let's yeah. go. And they go into the delivery room and this, it's the woman from the hallway who was screaming before and she's really screaming now. And she's like, I was promised a C-section. And you just can feel like all the betrayal and deceit, you know, is encapsulated in that. And also the nurse saying like, well, we're way beyond that. Um, yeah. It's too late now. Too late for that. And, how the nurse picks up the phone and says, I'm on the carrier ward. And you realize like carriers and mothers to be are two separate, you know, classes of human beings at Brightborn. Um, so she's on the carrier ward. We need an OB here, which is for those who don't know, an obstetrician. Um, and they're, tr- you know, they're treating her as a problem to be solved, but there's Cosima there who, can't help but treat her as a human and says, yeah. you know, looks at her actually, <laughs> looks her in the eye and says, like, it's going to be okay. Just breathe. Like, nobody has said that. Nothing, you know, no, no concern of the woman who is giving birth is crossing the radar of any of the Brightborn people. They yeah. just care about delivering the baby. So. Yeah, <laughs> that so, really killed me. That that just that particular scene where uh, that I mean, I think many people who have been in the hospital, even not delivering a baby, have had that feeling. Of yeah, like, of nobody not cares. being a real person. Yeah. yeah, you're just a number on a sheet. You're just a, a diagnosis. You're just you know one of those those moments of like we just got to get through this type of a thing, which is difficult in any situation to be seen just as, you know, a diagnosis of a body to be picked at. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, definitely when you're in labor and all of these emotions are in place and you're being lied to from based on what was told before and just like all of that is not good. No, it's not good. Um, The good thing is crystal gets let go Seemingly yes. with no uh, no complications. In fact, it's Crystal who's saying, like, you'll be hearing from my lawyers, you know, uh, while they're trying to say, I'm oh, sorry for the misunderstanding. But as she's walking out, she sees Ira and she and screams. Freaks. Yeah. That was a good scene. That was a really good scene because Ira's just like, ugh. My dang brothers. My dang like, brothers. <laughs> you can just tell he's done. <laughs> With because he knows obviously why she's freaking out, yeah. Like, that I mean, he knows. I don't know, we don't know how much he knows about his siblings, um, yeah. but yeah, the the caster boys are, are not um, yeah. well behaved, which is fine. Uh, because <sighs> then we go back to oh, horrible delivery room. Yeah, and my notes. I write OB jerk comes in because yeah, he, it's like oh, I hate this. You know, they're really nailing 
that whole like doctor who is a jerk, not only to the patients, but also to the nurses. Yeah. Uh, and he comes in and he's just bossy and there's meconium in the waters, which basically uh, they need to get the baby out um, because it can inhale and get an infection mm-hmm. if it gets um, some of that. And so the baby comes out, final pushes, and you just see it. The baby is obviously massively deformed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it has no nose and its face is like indented and he starts the doctor starts listing off all of these things that are wrong yeah right so um he does say you know it has pp syndrome which you wouldn't know from the closed captioning or anything else but if you look it up (laughs) as i did um it's popliteoterygium syndrome which is caused by a mutation in a gene that codes for protein and is uh, a controlling factor in the development of tissues in the head, face, skin, and genitals. So Lord knows they don't show that baby for very long, but you don't really need to see much uh, 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 in addition to what the doctor is saying about webbing and, you know, who knows. It's a horrific scene. And that was the one where I was like, I just don't want, Kathy to see this like completely unprepared because even though you know something bad is going to happen, it's worse than you can imagine, I think. Yeah. And, and so I did not, uh, normally like if I miss words on something, I will, mm-hmm. you know, go back and, and read it. And I did not write down, you know, all of the things that he was saying. And I definitely did not Google any of that because I'm like, nope, I, even though I do have a healthy baby and (laughs) like did give birth to that, it's still, you know, it's less than four months ago. So Mm -hmm. it's still fresh enough to where that stress could have been different. And so I was just, nope, I'm just not going to, not going to do that. Well, I'm glad. Um, And, uh, yeah, so, you know, we don't really learn any more about the baby or the mother. It doesn't really matter at this point. All we know is, like, they're doing something completely effed up at Brightborn that would result in a baby like this that they didn't even totally freak out over. They were like, oh, it's another one of these messed up babies, kind of. Yeah, Yeah, the doctor knew knew enough to, like, not be like, oh, what is this? Yeah. He knew to sit, like, to list off all of these issues that probably have happened before. Yeah. So um, as that is happening, Susan Duncan shows up at the doorway to this maternity, this delivery room, and... Um, she says, hello, Kasima, you know, so she knows Kasima's real name and, you know, remember me and it's Susan and Kasima says, Duncan, you know, she puts two and two together. And then, you know, they're in the next scene sitting in a uh, conference room talking about talking with each other and Kasima's like, I meet my maker and this is what you're doing. Like, you know, 
Cosimas always held the Duncans in high regard. If you remember, when she was first meeting Ethan Duncan, she was super nervous about it because she's, you know, a genetic scientist. And to meet the genetic scientist who created her, as much as she has a lot of issues with the whole being a clone, she also admires their scientific achievement. Right. So (laughs) you can see that she's kind of like, this was the the last straw almost like she was still like putting hope. She knew Brightborn was, was messed up and doing some things, but obviously didn't know that Susan Duncan was involved and all of these things. And then finally to be face to face and especially to have like Susan's talking about how like they're doing this for the greater good basically. Mm -hmm. And that the carriers are compensated and Mm -hmm. It's ultimately trial and error for humans. And that's just the final straw for Cosima that like, yeah. this is not, this is not how to do it. It's very brutish is what yeah. she calls it. And just like, you're doing this to actual human beings and, right. you know, the carriers don't know what's going on. They, it just is doing all of this. But Susan comes in and is like, you can stop this. We just need, you know, the original genome and right. we can heal everybody. We can use this to right. both fix the clones, but also like solve these problems for these babies. And mm-hmm. Susan knew enough about how to get in with Cosima. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, she's – so I want to s- say that actress is really good. Um, she's beautiful. She's, you know, definitely like this accomplished actress who is old now. Um, we've already seen like several actresses in the series who are not 20-something. Yeah. <laughs> who are great, you know, even if we don't love them. Like the evil caster doctor, whose name yes. I've repressed now. Marilyn? Uh, uh, what's her name? Was this it Marilyn? Chain smoking doctor, whoever. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's fine. Somebody Tell else can Google. That <laughs> as well. It's so, when you're IMDb. <laughs> yeah. Um, even, you know, Mrs. S is not a spring chicken, uh, if you don't mind that phrase, which is maybe insulting. I don't know. But, yeah, that the, they're not just old grannies, <laughs> they're scientists. Yeah. And they're, you know, people of passion in many directions, as we shall see. But uh, yeah, so I like her. And I, I think when they show like the old clippings of the fire at the lab in which she was supposedly killed, and they show pictures of her. I think those are pictures of her, you know, when, oh, and Kendall Malone, like, yes, is also amazing actress. So, so having these women, serious women, I I appreciate them as much as I do not appreciate the ethos of Dr. Susan Duncan, who says, well, nobody gives consent to be born. And I've been turning that idea over in my mind, you know, ever since rewatching this episode because it's logically true but does that mean you can use 
people as lab rats, which Cosima is saying like, no, we're not giving you more lab rats. <sighs> so anyway, you know, she's, Susan says like, if you share the original, we can make a cure for all of you. And that's, you know, that's a, a thing Cosima going to have to struggle with. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, back at the safe house, Sarah and Kira, you know, are back in their bedroom and Sarah's saying, sorry, I ruined dinner. And uh, Kira's like, well, I still had a really fun day with you, which is nice. And then she tries to explain what, you know, this feeling that she has, which is not like a dream. It's it's some kind of parasympathetic um, feeling that she has with the other She's basically an empath. She's an empath, right. Yeah, and uh, we learn that she can feel Sarah, too. So she can feel what her mom is feeling, too, which obviously, I mean, it makes sense since she can feel all the clones. But that brings into – it helps make sense as to why, like, at dinner when uh, Kira says, you know, may we be excused, Mm -hmm. she could tell what Sarah was feeling. She could – feel how emotional Sarah was and that it was, it was, they needed to go, which was interesting. So it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out in the future. Yeah. Um, And she, she also says like, I can feel how your sisters feel, even some of them that I don't know. And it's like, Ooh, it's yeah. Chilling, you know, interesting, but like, Ooh, you know, I get a little chill from that. And I'd like to know more. Um, Now, the final scene, I feel they could have left it out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm okay with, I would have been okay with this. But basically, uh, Ira is in the pool. Susan joins um, and explains that, hey, like, we've dropped these seeds of information. Maybe we'll get some information from Cosima. Like, who knows? We'll see. It's up to them now. And then they start making out. Which yeah. I, we kind of knew that was a thing. Did it have to be made explicit? Yeah, I was. I would have been fine without that, just because they had such this mother son <laughs> thing that it just feels. Yeah, yeah, but that's fine. They're both consenting adults. I don't need to be involved <laughs> in right. those decisions. But yeah. It was interesting. So that will make this interesting in the future. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We shall see. Not the first time that uh, clones and creators have gotten a little too close for comfort. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Anyway, I'm glad we got through this one, even though it took us probably a record (laughs) amount of time for an episode where not very much happens, but very many things happen that need to be commented on. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I have a feeling that we're, we're setting things up for the last episodes of the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As they do so nicely. It's the top of the roller coaster. Wee, <laughs> wee, 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 wee. It's only going down from here. Uh, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's call it a, an episode. Let's call it a podcast. I will, yes. uh, I will, edit this one up and get it out and um 
Well, that, thank at you. At least we get to so, watch another episode. That's the yes. main thing. That's, I need to see the next episode. <laughs> yes, I do too. I do too. Uh, so thank you for so much for listening to this episode of SestraCast. We hope you enjoyed it, uh, came along, coming along for the ride. Uh, you can find all previous episodes in your podcast catcher of choice or on uh, com, where we are part of the Incomparable Network. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. We are at SestraCast. Jean is at MacGenie and I am at Mrs. Soup. We would love it if you could leave a review on iTunes and let uh, other Orphan Black fans know we are here and exist. And once again, thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a great day.